Hey, it's Sky Brothers here. View from the cheap seats this week. We have an unbelievable guest. Uh, he played for in the NFL, had over ten thousand six hundred yards rushing, and now he's got a great acting career. He's Thomas Q. Jones. Man, did you have fun on the show? Man, I had a blast on this show. Thank we you so much deep. for inviting me. Yeah, we got super deep, man. It was early in the morning out here in the West Coast. Man, Listen, y'all, got man, my, y'all got my brain working early, man. Talk so. Issues. I'm yeah. talking issues. I'm saying, look, we got so deep, we put her butt to sleep. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is Neil Hamburger. Hey, uh, I, I don't know if you podcast people even watch the news, but uh, it's a real catastrophe right now in the Philippines. They had a horrible typhoon, and it's it's just a goddamn mess. Those folks need assistance. So Tim Heidecker and myself put together a little six-minute track, an exclusive MP3 titled Taco Bell Apple Tree, which Tim and I will send out to anyone who donates $10 or more to one of the many legit organizations offering relief down there. Go to feralaudio.com for all the details on how you can help. Welcome to Twisting the Wind. It's gonna be hot in here now. We're getting blasted straight up faster than you cast, dude, Aster. Uh, you wanna cast that Aster from the grass scatter? Now presenting to you an audio gentleman's blast. That's what we got here. That's today. It's going to be sugar snap pea muddled in with some brass clippings. Burning hot, creating an ash Is this it? Is this the button here? Is this where? Oh, hold on. Is this it? Is this my heart? Is this my, wait, is this my heart beating? Or is it... Hey, hey, it's my heart talking to me right now. I think it is. I think it is. Oh, no, we just hit the renaissance. No. Oh, fuck. That was the renaissance No, we didn't want to hit that so soon Because it starts to get like a renaissance painting in here And the next thing you know, we're just good and sweet and good Hey, is that working now? Who's here? Raise your hand Show it off Show off that pretty arm If you got and If you don't have two arms, it's okay That's great I'm sure that's spurred you to learn new creative ways of dealing with your problems. That's what it's, that's what this is all about. Twisting the wind. It's all about taking those problems you got gifted from the universe and making them work. Does your head get chopped off by a lover? Well, you can make it work. If your lover chopped off your head, it's probably not your lover. <laughs> it's probably not your lover. Hi, this is a good shop to shop in if you want to buy some things for a friend. But otherwise, I would say go to a different shop. Because this one, it's going to find lots of you're gonna find lots of stuff. And if you want to use the restroom, you got to buy something, okay? And what's the deal with that, huh? Okay, if I, if I go to a fast food restaurant, or any restaurant for that matter, if it's under a sit-down restaurant that you order table service from the waiter, and it says bathrooms for customers only, I mean, (laughs) do I order the food first, and then... Because that's what becomes a customer. Do I go up to the counter and say, Hi, <laughs> look, I intend to buy food, but I'd like to evacuate my bowels in your customer's only restroom first before I eat the food you have, okay? I don't want to have to, like, go... And buy the food, and then like, what, what, what do I do with the food? Why I'm in the bathroom? Do, do, do I leave it there? I'm, I'm by myself, <laughs> and I don't have a backpack. It's, it's not a bomb. It's not 9/11 or anything. I just, it's just, 
You know, I don't know, what, what do I do? Do I buy the food and have you hold on to it while I go to the bathroom? <laughs> Figure out your restroom for a customer's only policy and, and call me back because I've got to go to the bathroom. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Enough of that. Get him out of here. Okay. Get that. Do we get that guy out of here? Great. Okay. Thanks, security. Hi, this is Johnny Pemberton. Welcome to Twisting the Wind. I'm sorry about that interruption a little bit a minute ago. Somebody got in here who wasn't supposed to be here. He didn't have a ticket to this event, but we got him out, and he's got his cell phone. He's going to be fine. He'll hit up Yelp, and he'll probably get a lot of thumbs up on Yelp. This is Twisting the Wind, the audio product that, that you are listening to currently. Look, no, I've had a heck of a time of getting water to you guys. By water, I mean the water of life. By that, I mean vibrations, okay? You don't need my vibrations. You don't. I don't need them, but I do. But now we're back on track here. It's going to be great here on Twisting the Wind, the podcast of the name I just said, a.k.a. the executive buffet, k.a. hey, 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 get a buck and bidet and get out of my way. Wouldn't that be a funny thing to say to somebody? Hey, uh, get up a day and get out of my way. You know, like uh, go wash yourself with an expensive product that uses plumbing and uh, get out of my way. But maybe first it should be a get out of my way and get up a day. So, yeah. So good day to you. Here we are. Uh, number one, if you need to contact the podcast, it's twisting the wind at gmail.com. That's twisting the wind at gmail.com. Also, please rate and review the podcast. You've done it before. <laughs> Actually, no, you haven't. Can you do it more than once? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't, I don't work for man and Can you? If you could, maybe you want to. People who have, thank you so much. It's really like a deep down delta touchdown when you read those type of sp- specific spelunking specifically you've spelunked into a place of specificity and it's rewarded me with a fucking dopamine kunk that's the sound of a dopamine pellet flopping into my rat tray in the laboratory of this the compass zone uh that's great so thank you for that it's really appreciated rate and review continue on that also if you so choose donate to the podcast it's easy but even better than that, go to feralaudio.com, go to the Twisting the Wind page, and buy stuff on Amazon. Buy anything. Buy the Furminator dog brush for your dog that you have that sheds like a motherfucking maniac. That you're always like, no, she doesn't shed, no. No, she's not a shedder. And then you're like, oh wait, she does. Because every morning I wake up, oh wait, did I just make this about me and not about some imaginary you yes i did because it's me buy the firman <laughs> buy the firminator amazon.com for your cat or dog honestly i would love for firminator to reach out and sponsor the podcast because it is an incredible product <laughs> i feel like you know i'm not joking but i am but i am but i'm not it's an incredible product if you have an animal cat or dog this this is like the fucking ultimate comb it's great so uh get that firminator <laughs> it's what it's called it's such a dumb name but it's true it just it gets this hair it's like where, where's this hair coming from you know but it is it's it's combing from is where it is so do that it helps the podcast out it helps feral audio out if you just want to go and shop on amazon through feral audio that's great too because you can help out more than just me you can help out all the other great acts here uh you got call chelsea pretty outstanding show You've got the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, outstanding show. You've got Harmontown, outstanding show. You've got This is Terrible with Aaron McGathy, outstanding show. You've got Conversations with Matt Dwyer, outstanding show. You've got all these outstanding shows. So let's say you, let's say you got like a hundred bucks to spend on Amazon and you don't want to like, I don't know which podcast to support directly or indirectly by shopping on Amazon feral audio portal. Just do a generic one and you can, you can satisfy all the urges. So thanks for that. And three, 
just keep listening. I don't know. There's no third one. But if you have a one or two, you got to have a three. Okay. So this is going to be a really cool podcast because I got to interview somebody really interesting. Someone I've been wanting to interview for, I think, about four years now. Or no, three years now. A long fucking time because this guy is incredible. The only sad part is, 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 is I didn't get to talk to him as much as I wanted to because of time was something that was not managed correctly by myself. But I'm getting better at time management, guys, so this won't happen in the future. We'll have longer, more in-depth interviews from field locations. Needless to say, which is never needless to say, that phrase is probably needless. It's needless to say, needless to say. But I did it anyways. So, hey, hey, hey. It's going to be great. And we're going to do that in a minute after a call, and everything is going to be sweet. Because we're back here, we're stunt rocking, who's also going to be on the podcast not too long from now, and everything's hot and sweet and buttery and dripping and ready to rock and ready to go and ready to be, and ready to just hardtail it out of here until you get yourself a new cabin. You can't stay here for the winter. If you think you're staying here for the winter, you better get another idea. You think you can stay here for the winter? You think you're going to plunk down and stay here for the winter? (laughs) Yeah, I doubt that severely. I've got a severe doubt that you will be plunking down in this log cabin for the rest of winter. You better find yourself another cabin, but you got two weeks. Okay, figure it out, mister. for help with an existing cruise reservation or for all other inquiries. Press 6 if you know your party's extension. Calls may be monitored and or recorded for quality assurance. Thank you for calling. This this is Kat. How may I help you? Hi, this is Richard. How are you? I am well, thank you. Oh, this is so cool. I didn't know I would be getting through here so early. It's so oh, fun. It's your lucky day. It is. Um, so I, I guess I don't know where to start, really. Um, I am interested in doing a lot of different things. I wanted to see about if, uh, well, what is the music situation like on one of these boats? Okay. Well, we do have um, local musicians on the ships. You do. Um, are you calling? to um, investigate um, traveling with us? Or do you yeah. have a reservation already made? You know or? what was so funny is I was about to say investigate when you were looking for a word. <laughs> I was thinking that same word. That's so funny. No. Okay. no people don't use that word enough, I feel. You know, it's a good word, investigate, because it's like, it sort of implies... I know, I think it's got such a negative connotation that people don't realize that it's it, not a negative word. It's a positive word. It does, because you're looking for information, yeah. and people are so scared that the police are going to come take them away. That's why they don't like that word, investigate. I think that's what it is, isn't it? I think there are too many cop shows on TV. Oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> I feel like every... T- oh my, I'm so... It's so funny to hear that, for someone else say that. I feel like everything is a cop show. I mean... If you know, here's the funny thing: is if there were as many cops as there are cop shows, they probably wouldn't have cop shows because there wouldn't be any crime. You know what I mean? Yes, and those few crimes that would occur, they always get solved. They would because they would be so every one of them. Like exactly, it's like doing something on camera. It's uh, you can say what you want about Matt. Like I, I'm a big fan of magic. Uh, I went to, oh, yeah. I went to the Magic Castle recently. Do you know about that? Oh yes, I, I've uh, never had the privilege of going, but I've oh, seen wow. it on TV. Yeah, it is. In, it is incredible. It's the kind of thing where you just you, you you use up all the wow in your body when you're finished, and you leave, and everything seems kind of like it's just the all colors of gray. Because you oh, see, really? Yeah, you see so much stuff there that's just stupendous, and I, I think that's another word that we need to bring back. Um, because people think people think I mean it's stupid. It doesn't mean that at all. Really, I've never heard that uh, interpretation of the word, but I could see where people might. But I I said it at a chocolate shop in the airport. Uh, I was flying out of the airport, 
And um, I'm kind of an airport person. I was flying out of this airport, and I said that at the chocolate shop, and this young lady looked at me, and she was like, why Why you say that mean thing? She was. She had like a weird accent. I don't know where she was from, but she was like, why you say this mean thing about chocolate? And I was like, um, for one, it's you missed a couple words in there. It would be like, why did you say such a mean thing about this chocolate? She was, why you say such mean thing about chocolate? And I was like, um, I was taken aback immediately. I was like, what? Well, I, I said it was stupendous because it was. It was this. Uh, have you ever had Oreo? Yes. What they did, these geniuses, they took Oreo. And they managed to like imagine if like Oreo was like you know how yogurt can grow if you if you get it in a new spot. Oh yeah. Well, yep. yeah. Wait, you're not a yogurt maker, are you? No, not a maker. I just um, like the consumption of it. Me too. Oh my gosh. Well, that's a whole other thing. But um, so they they basically imagine if you had like a if like a culture you had a culture of Oreo. And you could mm. grow that, and it was like this thing that expanded out. But it didn't just expand like the cream. It expanded like the cookie chunks and the cream expanded out. And it was this fudge, fudge brick. And it was this thing. It was so good, so creamy and chocolatey. And I said, so this is stupendous. And she goes, why you say this mean, why you say thing about chocolate? And she, I don't know. And I was like, no, this is a compliment to it, but... um. So yeah, I mean that's well, just, that's a language English thing. English is not her first language. She, you, know, you can sort of understand the misinterpretation there. Wait, say that say that again. If English was not her first language, you could understand the misinterpretation. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because she had like a look of like a person who would have been, um, I don't know, like maybe you'd see her like among coconut palm trees kind of thing like a like a very tropical oh, Polynesian look. look or something yeah that's she looked like she would be among coconuts or Polynesian where is that's like um, those islands there right right um, you know think of um, it was actually Polynesians who first um, populated Hawaii so like no way and I um, didn't know that and that yep how did they do that um, on those outrigger canoes, they made massive ones. Hmm. What does that and, mean? I never. Uh, so there's, these are canoe, but canoes are for like you know Indians in the lakes. <laughs> no, they're called outrigger canoes. Oh. They're the kind of big long canoes that have the, the like the pylon off to the side to make them more stable. Oh. Remember the old Hawaii Five O show? I do a little bit. Yeah, they they always showed um, Hawaiians. Paddling mm-hmm. one of those big outriggers, and oh, they yeah. can get quite quite large. They can. You can make. The, yes. I've heard that you can make a boat as big as as you want. Uh, yes, as long as the displacement is correct, you can. Oh, that's a good word. What was that one? I don't know that one. This this the displacement. Yeah. What is that? That's the amount of uh, water that is displaced when you put an object into it. Oh wow, that's science right there. Are you? You must be a science. Have you done science? Uh, no, actually, I am not. I'm, I'm more of a history buff. Wow. Okay. You have to know a little bit of science to do that. You do. Yeah, I guess that's true because that's what they said about the Civil War in America was the whole thing where the science was on their side is what they always uh, said to me about the uh, the northern part of it. Right, the industry and science was all up north, mm-hmm. and uh, so anyway, they had those beakers. They had those beakers. They would do a uh, laboratory stuff to really figure out the best way to to feed the army, because that's how it is. It's a few. Mm-hmm. It's oh, how yeah. that's how Rome did it. Did you know that about the cheese? Yes, an army marches on its stomach. That, oh, that's, that's, yeah, okay, that's exactly the phrase. The thing is, I saw is they, you know, Parmesan, that cheese we eat? Yeah, yeah. I put that on pizza. I mean, I, I, I'm not a huge pizza guy, but when I do, you're going to see me with that Parmesan shaker until it's empty almost. I mean, I get some weird oh, looks. Oh, really? You love Parmesan? Oh, my. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I've never had too much Parmesan. There's something where, where like I have to go out if I go to pizza I got to bring someone with me because I'm like hey your job is to keep me away from uh, reaching across to the next guy's table saying uh, 
<laughs> is that your parm? <laughs> yeah. Can I borrow that? Oh, wait, wait. Say that again. That was so funny. Can I borrow that? Oh, wow. Oh, that is so me. Can you say that one more time? I'm sorry. That was just so funny. Can I borrow that? Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's like, nah, 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 can I borrow that? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, because dining out is such a tr- it's such a thing where you, you, you see somebody and you're like, where did you come from? You know what I mean? But I don't oh, actually yeah, say yeah. that. Do you ever sit? Do you ever think that? You think things, yes, yes. But anyway, um, getting back to your questions, I do need to get you over to one of my vacation experts. Okay. I work with reservations that already have been made down here. In, uh, you sound like an expert, though. Land. You, no, it's part of my job, but I do well, need to get you over to one of my vacation people. Okay, okay? I, I, I gotta Hi. say, can I just say one thing to you real quick? I don't sure. know who I could speak to that would be more of an expert than you. So take that to the bank. Well, thank you, thank you. That's a very nice compliment. I appreciate that. Cool. Okay, talk to you later. You gonna, gonna pass? Day, gonna, you gonna pass me over? I am. I'm gonna put you up to uh, over to one of my vacation people. Okay. Great. Thank you, sir. Hang on. I'm here. I'm here. Richard Bass. This is the case of Richard Jask. He tried so hard. Richard Jask just wanted a friend of the pizza tangent. <laughs> Oh my god! Hey! We're doing good. So here, you can hold on to this one here. And uh, you know how that works, right? Just a microphone. Is it live? It's gone. I'm recording right now. I just started, just, you know, so we got it. We're going now. So if you just hold it, just hold it kind of like right about there. All right here, man. Yeah, right about there. It's good. All right, baby. I'll be sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with Norman Taylor right now. Now, Norman, you used to be a member of the New Orleans Police Department, is that correct? Correct. I'm a, I'm a retired member of the New Orleans Police Department, um, as well as the Orleans Parish Criminal Sheriff's Office. Got it. And when I first met you, you were taking me from the airport to someplace in downtown New Orleans, and you told me a story, kind of an involved story, about a double homicide, like the most grisly thing you'd ever seen. Can it, you recount it, 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 that it was, it was a, it's, it's a true story. Um, and it actually gave me goosebumps. Whenever I tell a story, I've told a story to numerous people, and every time I tell this story, it gives me goosebumps. Basically what it was, and just using the streets as reference, because you may not know where we're talking about in New Orleans, mm-hmm. but there was a young lady who lived in the St. Thomas Project who um, called us one night and said that she had gotten a call from a girlfriend of hers who lived up on Jackson Avenue. And the girlfriend on Jackson Avenue was telling her the girlfriend from the St. Thomas girl called the police because my boyfriend has your boyfriend in the back with a gun to his head. So the girl from the St. Thomas call her, we go, calls us, we go there, we pick her up, and we take her to the Jackson Avenue Street address. Mm-hmm. Well, we're knocking on the door, and no one answers the door. So we're staying on the porch talking, standing on the porch talking to the young lady, and a car passes by. And she says, oh, there it go right there. So we give chase, we get the car stopped. There's three guys in the car. When we get them out of the car, they're splattered with blood. There's three guns in the car. We pop the trunk of the car, and there's the jewelry from the missing boyfriend in the trunk of the car. Mm-hmm. So, not knowing where this kid is at, we book all three of these guys with aggravated kidnapping. Mm-hmm. The next morning, I'm at home asleep. My name is Norman Taylor. There's a homicide detective named Norman McCord. Next morning, I'm at home asleep, and the phone rings. And he says, Norman? I said, yeah, who is this? He says, this is Norman. I said, yeah, man, what's up? He said, we found the two bodies. Uh-oh. And I'm like, wait a minute, the two bodies put to kill the guy and the girl that called? He says, no, it's two fellas. He says, and we can tell which one had gotten murdered first because when we took the blindfolds, I mean, they had been bonded and, and, and blindfolded. He said, we took the blindfold over one of the guys. His eyes was wide open. Whoa. But this is where it starts getting real weird. Hold on one second. Let me just turn this off. Okay, so... This is where it starts getting real weird. Yeah, this is where it starts getting real weird. Really weird. We call they call a coroner's office. And the guy who drives the wagon for the coroner's office name is Shorty. His nickname is Shorty. So Shorty gets there with the wagon, he looks in the car and he says, Oh my god, it's Junior. So Norman says, Wait, 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 Junior, what do you mean it's Junior? He says, That's my stepson in that car. Whoa. So Norman is like, Oh man, I'm sorry. You understand? But Norman tells him, explains to him, he says, Look, you're not a blood relative. He said, Can you please take the two kids? to the mall and call your wife and ask your wife to come out 
and identify her son. So Shorty takes the two kids, he takes them to the mall, he gets on the phone, he calls his wife. He says, Babe, he says, I have bad news. And she was like, What? She says, I have Junior in the mall, he's dead. Well, she loses it. Right. I mean, naturally, she, you, you know, someone calls you and tells you your son's dead, so she loses it. She's all over the place. So they finally get her calm down and get her back on the phone. So Shorty tells her, say, babe, we need you to come down to identify Junior because they won't allow me to do it. So being distraught, she calls across the courtyard and she calls her girlfriend. She asks her girlfriend, say, look, they just called me and say, my, my son is dead in the mall. Can you come please take me to the mall to identify my son? So they get in the car and they go down there. So as soon as they get there, they take him in the back and they pull a drawer open. And sure enough, it's her son. Mm-hmm. And she loses it again. I mean, she's all over the floor. She's crying. She's weeping, childing. So they finally get a calm down again. And so Norman says, ma'am, says, I understand you're upset. He says, but can you please look at this other kid and see if you know who this other kid is? Because we don't know who he is. Yeah. They open the drawer and it's the other woman's son. The woman that she called to drive her Mm -hmm. is her son. And what happened was the two boyfriends had been arguing back and forth. And this kid decided he's going to go down there and make peace with his other knucklehead. But when he walks in, he and his asshole friends are in the back doing drugs. They decide for kicks they're going to kill this kid. So as they're bringing him out of the alley, his friend is waiting in the car for him. Okay. And he jumps out of the car and says, hey, where are you going with my friend? And they take him and kill him for no reason. Just Absolutely no reason, you know, and that's that is one of the that's that that's the most horrific thing I've seen. The strangest thing I've ever seen on my on my job on the job was we get a call again at night. I, I love working nights. We get a call about three o'clock in the morning on Magazine Street. There's a guy sitting in the bar, and he's covered with blood. So we get there, and sure enough, he's sitting at the bar. The bartender says, "Hey, man, he came in. He's covered with blood." He says, "But he lives across the street." So we go across the street and we walk into the apartment. Look like somebody had slaughtered hogs. There was blood all over the place. Whoa. We find the girlfriend's body in the bedroom on the floor. But ah, uh, we find the body. There's no head. Oh, he decapitated her. So we're looking all over the apartment for the body. I mean, for the head, and there's no head. So the sergeant in charge, Ronald, he says, "Okay, fellas, we have to span. We have to spread out and look for this head." Well, by this time, you got to understand, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a veteran. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of things, done a lot of things. You know, I've seen murders and had arrested a lot of people. So I'm, 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 I'm steeled. I know, you know, I'm not, nothing scares me. But we're walking and we're looking all under the cars and all. And old badass Norman lifts this garbage <laughs> can top, and there's these two blue eyes piercing up at me. My first reaction was to pull my gun. But then I realized to myself, I don't know, in a split second, I realized if I pull my gun and shoot the head, what the hell am I, what am I doing? So I take off running. They have to come and get me. Whoa. Scared the living daylights out of me. And that is that is probably, that was the weirdest thing that I had ever seen. I mean, a head just sitting right there and, and evidently her eyes were, and this is the reason why he killed her. He wanted to go out and have a drink. Mm-hmm. And she told him he could not. So he says, and this is what he says, excuse me, he says, yeah, I killed the bitch and went and had to drink anyway. So, so that's that's you know those those some of those kind of things that you have. But I tell you, I enjoyed my whole career. Right. Um, I met some interesting people. I did some interesting things. Um, you know, it's just it was it was rewarding. The most rewarding thing was that we took a, a bunch of kids um, camping from the inner city projects oh, from cool. the, from the projects, and we took ten kids from each one of our housing developments with the projects, and um, we took them away for a weekend. Now you haven't lived until you was out in the woods with a hundred kids, and you had to provide three hots and a cot. Oh yeah, for these kids. And w- w- what we did though, because at that time the projects were arguing and fighting and and beefing with each other, as the kids say, beefing. And um, so what we did was we got two person pup tents, mm-hmm. and we took one kid from one project and took another kid from another project and put them in that t- that tent. Then we sectioned them off into four different groups, and we had competitions. And at night it would get cold, so we say, okay, whoever builds the, does the best, we'll build a bonfire and give you hot dogs and stuff to roast over the, the, the fires. Mm-hmm. But every night we gave everybody. Right. And at the end, man, I, when we were bringing those kids back, I started crying because I didn't want to bring them back. Right. And all of the police officers that went with us, we wouldn't allow anyone to bring a gun. Yeah. We didn't want to see have these kids. And the most the, the most the, the most heartbreaking thing about that weekend was there was one kid. Well, let me digress a minute. As we were going down the highway, there was a, um, a farm on the right-hand side with cattle. These kids had never seen cattle. Mm-hmm. So you can see the weight of the bus shift 
to one side <laughs> as all the kids went on the one side to see the see the cattle. But the, the most heartbreaking thing was one of the kids had found a little water, a little grass snake, mm-hmm. and he had put him in a jar. And he wanted to bring him home. Right. And we had to keep telling this kid he couldn't bring him home. And this kid cried and cried and cried because mm-hmm. he had never had a pet. Yeah. You know, so this was going to be his pet. But we told him, man, you can't bring him home. You, you know, he's going to die. You had to let him go. And that, that was really heartbreaking, trying to right. sit this kid down and explain to him that, you know, this is the way of nature. You can't, there's certain things that you just cannot do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that 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 basically that was that was that, that was my best time. That sounds great. That was my best time. You were telling me something about how New Orleans traditionally was kind of resistant to a lot of the gang infiltration that happens in other cities in the United States. New Orleans is territorial. Okay. We, there was wars. Even when I was coming up, um, you couldn't go to another part of the city and date a girl really? if you wasn't from that area. I mean, you know, we we divided by wards, not by. Um, uh, neighborhoods we divided mm-hmm. bars third wards fourth ward ninth ward and so forth so if you wasn't for that ward you couldn't come in that ward and, and date anyone or you couldn't go in that ward and do anything what, well what? when the gangs try to infiltrate 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 the Louisiana, um, New Orleans we the, the ward people the guys in the wards wouldn't mm-hmm. allow them to come in we actually back in the 70s we ran the shit out of the bloods and the crips out of okay. New Orleans they were not allowed to get a foothold in New Orleans now today you got these little loose knit gangs right. but nothing really big and organized so most of the crime that happens in New Orleans is not stuff that seems like it's gang related is not it's just sort of uh, it, it, is, it is to some extent in that um, like I said, we have these little pockets of, mm-hmm. of, of kids who think they're the badasses, and you have these little rival drug gangs that that are fighting each other. Um, you know, they, it's, it's also it's still territorial, but it's it's progressed from where I digress, I digress actually from when I was a youngster because we would fight right. and go about our way. We, I mean, we all went to school together, but now these kids are killing up each other. Yeah, you know, and 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 for what? Because the wards were only put in place for voting purposes. Okay. Tomorrow, if the state legislature decided they're going to change the wards, then those who lived in the night ward may well be living in the third ward now. Right. So it makes absolutely no sense. You grew up in Mid City, right? Yes. Now, that, what ward is that? Does that have a Does that have a name? Or? It, it, well, I grew up in a little town, a little place in the city called Zion City. Zion. And Zion, Z I O N, okay. and what we said was it was a city within a city. Okay. And it was one great neighborhood. And at one time, I, I used, my brothers and I, we all had paper routes, and I knew everyone who was in every house that was in that area. Mm-hmm. And it was a small area. But it was it was so loving and so we, 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 we everybody got along. Right. And it was you know, they came up later on in the years later with um it takes a village to raise a child. Well actually we were the we were the precursors for that. Right. We in our in our neighborhood everyone and, and I think in a lot of neighborhoods back in the day, anyone could whip your behind. If you mm-hmm. did wrong, you got your behind whipped and nobody cared. I remember my brothers and I, my brother my, I had four brothers and we would go to the barbershop on a Saturday and we would be sitting there waiting to get our hair cut. And if an elderly man or older man came in and said, well, who's next? And they'd say, oh, my mother's name was Mary. They'd say, oh, Mary's boss. And they oh, them boys ain't got nothing to do. They'd make us wait. And sometimes we would sit in the barber shop eight, nine hours waiting oh, to get man. our hair cut. You know, every once in a while somebody would say, well, here, take this nickel and go get you something at the store. But mostly they would come in and say, well, yeah. and there was, no, there was no recourse. You couldn't go home and say, mama, he made us um, yeah. wait. No, there was no recourse because you had to listen to the adults. Right. You had to listen to everybody. And you would get your behind busted if you mm-hmm. didn't listen. That makes a lot of sense. You, so you grew up near Allen Toussaint, right? Allen Toussaint, I, Allen Toussaint at one time lived on, on Erato Street between um, South Gallos and South Salcedo Street, which is probably 42, 4300 40, 40, block of Airhart Boulevard. Um, is that Mid-City? Or is yes, that, that's, okay. that's Mid-City. Well, central, it's actually Broadmoor. Okay. More broad, more than in the central city. And I grew up um, on Ira- on Gallosa Street, 1100 block of Gallosa Street. Mr. Allen, Mr. Mr. Tuesday is much older than I am. Okay. Okay, but it was fascinating seeing him and even seeing him today mm-hmm. and and to appreciate where he came from. Right. And seeing where, because I think a couple of weeks ago he was honored in Washington, D.C. for something. Okay. And, um... Just to say, and you know, the two cents, they had another family of two cents, Kevin and them, who lived a couple of blocks down from us, and I, I think they were related. But um, just to see Alan uh, attain the status that he has in the mm-hmm. musical world, because it's my understanding, and I'm not well versed on it, but it's my understanding he's written songs with some of the biggest. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's written co- several hundred songs as far yeah. as I know, yeah. Yeah. He's, pre- he's produced some of my favorite music. Like, all my favorite music from New Orleans is all produced by him. <laughs> There's this guy Curly Moore who he produced, and mm-hmm. also um, 
Well, he did Arma and, and he Arma did uh, Arnicato and Arnicato. He did uh, yeah. the Meters. The Meters, yeah. All the all the Art Neville stuff. He did uh, the Wild Magnolias, which I yeah. guess is just the that's just the Meters. Yeah. So those guys, those Wild Magnolias, those what area of the town do those guys come from? If if it's the Wild and and, and again, I'm not well versed in, in right. that group. But the Wild Magnolias, I think, came from around the Magnolia um, housing development, um, okay. which is. On the other side of Claiborne Avenue, but we had a lot of you know you, you talk about the Wild Magnolias, but we had a lot of talent mm-hmm. oh, in yeah. New Orleans that didn't go national. Yeah, you know you know you people know about the Ernie Cato's and the, and the Aaron Neville's and the Neville brothers, Lee but Dorsey. Lee Dorsey yeah. and those guys. Um, but there were guys you know like. Um, um, Bo and, and um, yeah, Eddie Bo's Eddie's gotten pretty big. That guy I'm talking about, Curly Moore. He he just died about a year or two ago, but he was working down here. I don't know. He was doing something really some boring, and, menial work. And it was nothing unusual for you to walk into a nightclub on a Saturday and see a live band. Mm-hmm. And it was some of the best music, right? Yeah, and I've heard stories about what used to happen at the Do Drop In. Where you can walk in and do drop in, and you may find Ray Charles sitting there with Jackie Wilson and mm-hmm. and um, you know Elvis Presley and and all of those guys. And so in New Orleans, the rich, the culture, the musical culture of New Orleans is so um, rooted, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go back and just look at all of the music that came out, and and I understand people saying certain places, Chicago, the home of the blues, and so forth. But I think everything originated from New Orleans, and even today in the black churches. Right. And, you know, from back then, the black churches, all of this came from the black churches. And um, I remember Sam Cooke and, and those guys, the um, Gospel Soul Children, all that came from the black churches. Right. And the music here, and that's and that's another reason why I, I envy Alan so much. Mm-hmm. Because Alan, again, like I said, he he made music for some of the for some of the greatest he wrote music and produced music for some of the greatest stars. Yeah, and it wasn't, and like you say, you know, um, the more kids, not, not a lot of these guys didn't get real famous. Yeah, I mean, he himself is not as well known as a lot of the artists that he produced. Right, like his albums, he has some pretty great albums, but they were never big sellers for the most part. Right, yeah. So it's like yeah. a, it's a weird thing with a lot of these guys who are. I, mean, I guess that's how it works. Because if you're a producer, it's like you're thinking more about the big picture. You're not necessarily like a well, personality as much as like a lead door. A, a lot of guy. a lot of a lot of um, artists, black artists from back in the day. You know, they lost their royalties. They signed away their royalties. Oh yeah. You know, and it was really hard. Yeah. On these guys, and for Alan to maintain what he's done for years and years and years and years, my hat is off to him. Yeah, because yeah. he did something that no one had done. Because that was a label that was—I mean, it was black label—and he ran it. Mm-hmm. He didn't have anyone. He wasn't answering anybody, so it was a great thing. He had like everything was in house. Yeah, he was able to control that, and so because he had so many instances of people getting screwed over and getting their money stolen by like like white producers yeah. and stuff who yeah. run these big labels. Yeah, but like with because he had a bunch of them. He had that album. He had Watch and he had Two C, like, like six different names for these guys. All these different yeah. labels he had. They're so cool. Yeah. Did you ever uh, have? Did you ever run across Professor Longhair when you were no. growing up or anything? No. I, no. Used, I used to be really into that guy. I was wondered if I never met someone who's met him. I was wondered if it's like. No, I've never met Professor yeah. Longhair. There, there was, there was a sorry. lot of things. Hey, okay. Okay. okay right. Two seconds. Or two minutes. Yeah. Right. There was, again, a lot of local talent. Right. Um, and these guys would get together and they have jam sessions. I remember when the, the meters and all, would, they would practice on the other side of the canal from us. And, um, you know, you, it's kind of like you know these guys. Yeah. I mean, we actually don't know them, but Arthur and, and Aaron and all those guys, Cyril and all those guys, they, to us, they, they, was, they were um, role models. Okay, yeah. You know, we grew up looking at, at those guys. Mm-hmm. But then there were so many guys who didn't make it. Oh, yeah. That I was bet good. Like I, said, like I said earlier, you could walk into a ballroom in New Orleans and there was a maybe a three-piece band, um, you know, a guy on the guitar. And I mean, you know, there was, there was um, I, can't, I can't remember his name, but his sister and I used to look back where we were at. and um, you know, Mac Rebenack? No, 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 no. You, you wouldn't know him. Okay. You wouldn't know him. You would not know him. And this guy, was he was a hell of a guitar player, though. Right. Guitar, what do they call them? Guitar Sam or Guitar Slim? I'm not sure. Oh, Guitar Slim. Yeah, Johnny Guitar Slim. No, no, no. Okay. No, this guy was local. He was, I mean, Got in it. the neighborhood. He played the bars in the neighborhood. And maybe once one we go out. But he was good. Cool. He was good. And there was a lot of artists that was good that didn't make it out. Yeah. 
I wish we could keep talking, but I feel like I have to, to have to go to the airport now. Yeah, unfortunately. You want to tell me that quick story, the one about you crossing the uh, the bridge during Katrina, or after the storm? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. As I say, I'm a retired New Orleans police officer, and um, what they did was, and it was so foolish to me, they blocked off the exit, they blocked off the bridge from the east bank of New Orleans to the west bank of New Orleans. The Gretna Police Department did it, saying that they didn't want anyone to go over there to loot. So mm-hmm. they wouldn't allow any pedestrians across the bridge. Right. But... You can go over with a car. Okay. So if you were going to loot, would you rather go in a car or on foot? And who's going to carry off a right, TV on foot? Yeah, nobody. So I think I thought it was asinine for him to do it. And as I got to the top of the bridge, they told me I wasn't going any further. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling them, hey, man, I'm retiring on the police officer. I need to get across the river. Well, we're not allowed to let you go. Well, I'm not going to Gretna. I'm going to New Orleans. So as I started walking away, you know, one of the guys was like, I said, I mean, you just have to shoot me. <laughs> okay, because I'm going on the West Bank to my brother's. And um, fortunately, a police car pulled up. They, I flagged them down. They gave me a ride across. Good. But I was going across the river. Yeah. And it made absolutely no sense for me to, to why they would allow vehicles to go across and not pedestrians. Sounds like standard sort of idiotic disaster stuff. You got that right. Uh-huh. You got that right. They were idiots. Yep. Yeah. So, well, Norman, and, thanks for telling me. Thanks for talking to me, man. That has been a pleasure. Yeah. And I, I, maybe we'll talk to you on the phone, and I'll definitely uh, be in touch about the record stuff. Outstanding. Yeah, man. All right. Thank on. You, buddy. Later. Welcome to Twisting the Wind Musical Okay, okay, sweet, sweet, my friend. Sweet, sweet, my friend, thank you. Oh, you know what I just did just now? I already, I already tipped off the song I want to talk about. This is the Twisting the Wind musical section. I'm still, you know, this is like, you know where you are. We're we're deep into the podcast at this point. Okay, so let's get down to it real fast, easy, hard, and good. This is a band called Sick Alps, S-I-C, like sick, like when you say like, oh, he kept it in con. Uh, just so you know, uh, he said it wrong, not me. I'm a journalist. Sick. Isn't that what that means? Someone tell me. Is that what that means? I think it does. I think it means sick. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if that was, if it was actually something different? Not actually something different, but if it like, it really just meant literally like, oh uh, yeah, sick, bro. It's like, Nar. It's like saying nar. Sick. Yo, this this guy meant to say my friend, but he just said, uh, but I'm going to keep it in. Sick, because he said it. This band is called Sick Alps. They're from San Francisco. They're a new band. When I say new, I mean like not ancient like a lot of the bands I talk about. Um, they are they're still around, which is outstanding, because they're so fucking good. And uh, I, I've only kind of recently started listening to them and I'm one of those things where I had one drunken night you know one of those drunken nights maybe not even drunken just like been drinking and I and I really heard him for the first time I really heard him and I was like just blown away I was doing some some crazy just unbridled tweet sesh just fucking stroking them so hard because they really are great. They, uh, it's, uh, composed of Mike Donovan, Douglas Armour, Tim Hellman, and Barrett Havner. That's the current band. I don't really know those guys from anything else, but they, I'm sure, I don't know. This is, this is, this is me not doing my homework here at all. They've been around since about 2004, I think. 2000, sorry, 2006. And, um, they've put out a ton of different f- singles and EPs, and, uh, they put up five full-length albums. But I'm going to be talking about and playing stuff from their Drag City, Drag City releases, which are the ones I've dipped into most heavily. Uh, oh man, they're so fucking good. I think I should just play 
a song, and then we'll talk about. We'll then we'll talk about. We'll talk. We'll talk about it, Jeremy. Jeremy, we'd like to talk about how you felt about that that raging indie noise band that I played for you. Okay, that's what this session's all about. How do you feel about sick helps? How do you feel about my motherfucker? Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I'll play this first. <laughs> This is uh, of their most second most recent album. It's called Napa Asylum. No, sorry. This is off their most recent album. This is called. Uh, this is self-titled. Actually, they're one of those classic old buddy Juju Jaga, where you do a new album, but it's self-titled. This song is called Glyphs, and it riffs. No. <laughs> oh fucking dear me god what a fuck i mean i say the word blast all the goddamn time but that, if that isn't a uh, what a heavenly blast uh, that song just that's glyphs by sick alps off their latest album self-titled album on drag city records Ugh. 
just destroys it sounds like you know like you see like a, a large a large wheeled object like a like a truck but it can handle going through like a mud type of thing and it well, imagine it catching air like, you know how like when big things catch a lot of air there's like the hang time is more severe because it's just like the reckoning that will come from the the eventual gravitational pullback to earth if that song exists and that entirely in that fucking just hanging up there about the crack. Ah, oh, you know, like ah, oh, I remember when I was a kid playing in bands and trying to hit the snare as hard as you possibly could, and you raise your fucking arm up, and then you just fucking dang, and it's so fucking loud, and it feels so good because you're just. Yeah, oh, it's, there's like that hang time they're doing there with that, ding, ding, and all of a sudden it just, boom. <laughs> yeah, I can listen to that song so much. It's just, it's like a mud spray. If you, if you're from a place that has, um, an actual winter, like where the snow is severe and it lasts until through March, there's this thing that happens when you get like a, the first couple of hot days. When I say hot, I mean like 60s. When you, where's this thing where there's like hillsides with, have grass on them. They'll have like a lot of muddy zones and you'll go out there in your shoes or maybe with your bike and you're fucking around. There's still patches of snow that exist in the shade. And there's just like this, there's like this weird sort of joy of there being any heat whatsoever. But there's still, with the existence of the snow, like the cr- the crunch of the the frost and the snow, this melting snow, that combination was harnessed in that song, I believe. That was a very lengthy description with not much payoff. But you know what I'm saying? It's that fucking mud meets crispy cold <laughs> meets heat sun. It's butterscotch. It's a oh, fucking a. Uh, it's just so goddamn. And then the orchestration behind that. And you got that guitar solo that comes in there. Like some kind of a leaf blower that sprays mud. Just like a siren, like a klaxon of a guitar. Whoa! The whole thing. Get out of fucking town, sick Alps. Get out of town. And that was a, not even a long song. What do you, how do you do it? You know, you do, you do a song like that. You can have the rest of the album could be filler. I don't give a shit. I don't care. You just did that one song. Everything's okay. So that's that. That's that song. <laughs> that's that song. It gets me moving like deep and hard, like a like a. You ever seen a seal? <laughs> they weigh more than you think, and they go fast. They're slick. They're really fat, but they're slick. Okay, let me play another song here from Sick Alps. I'm gonna play one more. I was gonna play a couple more, but you know, I don't. We don't. We don't have all day. We don't have. We do have all day. Actually, the thing, but I don't want to take all day. Um, I don't need to remind you, but I do. Go to. Feral Audio and go to Amazon through a portal and buy these fucking songs, buy these albums. They're, these guys are incredible. If you like, I mean, it's just, you need to get the album. They're so, so good. Support them. They're alive. They're a band that's living and existing now, so they need to be supported and listened to and go see them live if they ever come back from Europe. So do that. Also, they'll they'll be on the music page on the show page, a music section on the show page. You know, fucking go to the website. Gagadaga. This is their uh, second most recent album, which is also on Drag City. It's called Napa Asylum. Um, I don't say this a lot. I don't say this a lot because I think it's kind of unfair and also kind Everything of untrue. Is that uh, this album I got on vinyl, on record. I got it first and I listened to it a lot. And I, um, bought, I bought it on digital too. I didn't do a download card. I went out and fucking double spent whatever. Okay. That's not, it's no credit to anyone. I'm just saying. This is how good the album is, is I was willing to do that. What I'm saying is, there is a quality to this album that really lends itself to the type of bandwidth offered and projected from a phonographic vinyl record. So not saying it's superior or anything, but sometimes that's the case. And so all I say is, all while we'll say, is if you are a person who buys vinyl records, I would suggest getting this record on that format as opposed to digital, because it's just there's something about the warmth and the production of this album that is uh, it's it's just fucking black, it's, it's just a it's like a cranky old troll that you just <laughs> 
It's really good. Uh, so this is that. This is their uh, second most recent album, 2012. It's called Napa Asylum. Beautiful, beautiful record. Gatefold, all the good stuff. A lot of songs. You can slow them down, speed them up. They all sound good. A lot of noisy little interlude tracks. A lot of full-on, full-bore, Pink Floyd, psychedelic, reminiscent, guitar, Lord, everything stuff. This is one. This is like probably maybe the single off the album. If not the single, it's definitely a standout track. It's called Cement Surfboard. Get in it, it, it. Listening to Twisting the Rain. That was Cement Surfboard by Sick Apps. I'm going to play you one more track from them. This is off their 2008 album, US Easy, on Still Breeze Records. This is a nice little mellow one. Oh, it's really, it's really going to close it off real sweet. But thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you for your continued support. Thank you for your emails. Thank you for your recommendations and your hot touchdown buddy balls. And here's what I promise. In the new year, this podcast will be more robust. It will have products with which to purchase, like T-shirts and also a CD or a digital download of the best of Twisting the Wind phone calls, okay? That's going to be pretty cool. So you can buy that for your friends and your roommates and all your, all your little buddy boys you like fucking running around with. Because you're just that kind of guy. So thanks again for tuning in and being friend and getting in the hot tub deep in. I don't know how the Stargates work. It's never been told me. I know they're activated by sound, but I don't know how you determine, you know, step into a gate, you don't end up in some alternative universe, you know? This song is called Inventing a Common Rule. Sick Alps, U.S. Album, U.S. Easy. Go to our Amazon portal and buy music and other shit. Thank you. I love you. Good day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
To the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.